Hello guys, welcome to episode 6 of the TaylorMade podcast. Um, as always guys, um, we're going to do two sections today. The first section we're going to discuss strength training and in the business section we're going to discuss network marketing. Um, as always, we're going to have our podcast on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes and Spotify, thanks to Paul O'Brien. So Gav, we're going to kick off. You love this one. What is strength training for everybody listening? Um, well, I think when we look at it in the scientific literature, uh, it's generally defined as the ability to produce maximum force, so the ability to produce force. Uh, but when we're talking about strength training to the general population and much of what we do here, really it's just movement. Um, so free weight, body weight movements, movement we use in everyday life, uh, you know, getting up and down off the chair, getting up and down off the ground, all these things, you know, are, are strength training. And I think an often overlooked concept about strength training is actually its importance to health. So that's exactly what we're discussing today. So we're just going to discuss why strength training is really important to our health. Mm-hmm. And in fact, as usual, we usually like to kick off with just a tiny bit of research there. Just on um, Gav, do you think strength training then is like without resistance? Is it just moving your joints through full range of motion, would that be considered strength training or is it? Well, for a lot of people, that is, you know, that's force. Yeah. I mean, like. Because I think a lot of people think strength training is just lifting big weights. Yeah. Like climbing the stairs. Like, like we got to produce force as resistance stairs and you yeah. know for as an example as as we age you know you might see somebody really struggle to get up the stairs and for that individual you know that is really heavy weight that's as hard for them as it is for a yeah. powerlifter to squat 200 kg um so like just movement yeah perfect um, what do you think Fionn? yeah no so i think exactly like gavin said and we even spoke about this during the week i think strength training is really uh, learning to move your joints through full range of motion and obviously then, through what we do in here, and we discussed in another episode about Milo the Bull, progressive overload. So strength training would be moving your joints through full range of motion, and then over time, applying more resistance. Yeah, so that to you improve get, your strength. To if you want to improve your strength. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so just for people listening, um, definitely strength training, because like some people come in here and they think, oh, you do lift weights, it's strength training, it's all heavy, heavy weights. Mm. Whereas strength training, like Gavin said, it could be, for somebody who's quite immobile or hasn't done a lot of movement, climbing a stairs and using your hips and your quads and your glutes uh, more than you would have normally, that's, that's a Absolutely, getting up off the chair, so, all yeah. these things are, are strength training. Totally agree, Gav. Um, and a big factor, as you say, it's often overlooked as to its importance into health. Um, there's actually some research done that found many health benefits that you wouldn't think uh, from strength training, including decreased blood pressure, uh, improves blood lipid profile. That's the test when you get your bloods done in the doctors. Uh, and even improving insulin sensitivity. So a lot of health benefits to strength training. Um, in fact, a big thing about strength training as well, it has a huge impact on our body composition. I think it's often considered that uh, long distance running or endurance based stuff is what's most effective to you know, improving our body composition results or you know, helping us achieve a fat loss result. Um, but I, I, I think it's often forgotten about the impact of strength training when it comes to body composition. Wouldn't you say, Phil? Yeah, um, so I think like most people in general population, I think when they go to the gym or they do any form of training, I think uh, aside from athletes who have a specific uh, performance goal, I think the reason why most people train is for body composition goals. Mm. So, uh, you know, either to lose body fat or to get leaner, or maybe for men and women to maybe gain a little bit of muscle tissue. And to look good in clothes, you know, to look good going on holiday, you might have a wedding coming up you want to look good for, and that's all based around a body composition goal. So I would say 
if um, if that is your goal, which is I would say eight nine percent people yeah, in here yeah, and, yeah. and people out in society, uh, strength training should be um, you know the bulk of your training three or four days a week, and then you should only supplement that with yeah. um, cardiovascular work. Yeah. Um, what do you think, Gavin? Absolutely, and just to kind of add to what Fionn said there, um, what's often forgotten about, as we lose weight, uh, we can lose you know fat tissue. We can also lose some of our muscle mass as well. And that isn't very good for the long term. In fact, if you lose a lot of muscle mass as you're losing weight, you're far more likely to put on that weight again in the long haul. Mm -hmm. So for that reason, the only really way to sustain that muscle mass as you lose weight is to strength train. To strength train. So yeah. strength training is what will really allow you to sustain any fat loss result uh, that, that you're going to obtain. So really, really important try and include a bit of strength training into your training regimen if your goal is to, to lose a little bit of yeah. weight. So that's to maintain as much muscle mass as you have. The only way to do it, like Gavin said, is to strength train. But also some people who maybe have, don't have any training history and don't actually even have a lot of muscle mass on their frame, to look good, you do it does require, a, you know, not a huge amount of muscle, but you do need a decent amount of muscle on your frame. Mm. So like Gavin said, some people who are trying to lose body fat, it might be to maintain muscle tissue, but for other people, they may actually need to gain a little bit of muscle to actually look a bit better. And the only way to do that is to apply resistance, strength train. Obviously, there's nutritional protocols as well, but strength training is probably the only way to do it. Your cardiovascular work then should really only supplement as an extra, extra calorie burn and an easier way to get into a deficit. But strength training is really where you will you know, burn lots of calories in the gym and also while you're recovering for two or three days after and maintaining and building muscle tissue. So yeah, yeah I think absolutely. we're both in agreement on yeah. that one anyway. Uh, and another often forgotten concept is, you know, as we age, our bones tend to decay, they get a lot more brittle, get a lot weaker. Uh, our bone health is really, really important. Um, osteoporosis is obviously very common as well. Mm -hmm. And strength training has a huge impact on that as well. To be honest, like, if you don't, it's like anything, it's like muscle, muscle and bone, I would see as a similar concept. Like if you don't use it, you lose it. Mm -hmm. So if you're not moving around, moving your joints through range of motion, you're going to lose the ability to do so. Same with bone health. Like if you're not um, applying force through your bones, i.e. climbing stairs, you know, whatever, even movements we do in here, your bones don't require, uh, you're not putting that stress on them for them to be strong. So the only way to, you know, maintain or even improve bone health and, and even to get stronger bones, because there is research there to show that strength training does actually strengthen things up. If you are applying more resistance, your body has to adapt. So, you know, you get stronger in terms of your muscle tissue, but also your connective tissue as well, tendons, ligaments, and bone health. Um, and really strength training is the only way to do it. Do you, what's your Yeah, 100%, like, um, you know, our bone health, it's really important that our bones are strong, which kind of brings us on to our next point um, about uh, daily function. Um, so as our bones weaken as we get older, you'll often see it with some of the elderly population, they may struggle to get up and down off the chairs and stuff like yeah. that. Um, so I think that's a really important thing about strength training as well, is just improving daily function. And what I mean by this is, you know, our daily ability to pick things up off the ground, uh, to squat down, sit down in a chair without hurting our knee, get up off a chair without hurting our knee, all these things, these are movements we use in everyday life. Uh, and if we're not some way strong at doing them, uh, we will lose them and they'll actually decrease our quality of life. Um, so daily function, really important um, that we maintain our ability to do these things uh, without you know hurting our children. And even improve it, you know. So for yeah. people who don't strength train at all at the moment, and you might be in your 50s or 60s, and you may have lost some of your function, you yeah. know, you may not have very strong bones or strong muscles. You can actually, you know, 
maybe for you it's not about maintaining where you are you can actually improve yeah your you can improve your quality we have loads of stories yeah, 100%, in here like uh, you know we've we've people in here that came came in at first and they might have really struggled to just a simple thing get down onto the ground to do an exercise on the ground and then get back up again you might have found that really difficult but what mm -hmm. you find is as you improve that individual strength uh, these just basic abilities uh, you know dramatically improve and you know, it's crazy to think that the impact that that can actually have on somebody's life to just get up and your, down. Your body's pain pretty free. amazing, like because you really can adapt to whatever, excuse me, whatever circumstances or load you put yourself under. Yeah. And unfortunately, with technology and things, like people move less. Yeah. They've they've less need to do strenuous labor. So your your body actually adapts to that by it loses the ability to you know to be strong. Yeah. So when you start a strength training program. You know, you're obviously going to apply new resistance to your body, and your body will will adapt to that. It's very good at that. A, so, a hundred percent. And even just just on that, as as we age a little bit more, you'll find we even, as Fionn said, if we don't use it, we lose it. We lose these basic abilities, and what that results in is in the elderly population a lot more falls, loss of balance, loss of coordinations, which ultimately leads to more more fractures, uh, more bone breaks, all these things. So, strength training really important. After pre preventing all of this, yeah. and even to talk about maybe a little bit its impact on our posture. Posture, yeah. Um, and so the thing on posture, like it, again, it goes back to like your body is very good at adapting to whatever position you put it in, or whatever stress or not stress you put it under on a daily and a weekly basis. So, for example, if you're somebody who doesn't strength train, maybe doesn't do any exercise, sits in a chair at, at an office job or as a taxi driver, a bus job or bus driver, eight nine hours a day you're obviously gonna compensate then for those those situations. So for example, in when Gavin just mentioned posture, if you're sitting all day, your body's going to adapt to that. So maybe your shoulder might roll forward, and your, your pecs might be a little bit tight, and your upper back muscles might, might be a little bit weaker. So that's obviously gonna carry over into your posture. Whereas if you do things like, you know, upper back work, pulls, rows, face pulls, this type of thing, you can actually reverse that posture. So a lot of it comes down to muscle imbalances, yeah. So if you've done no strength training at all, you know, you may have a muscle that's tight and another muscle that's weak, and this is what's going to lead to those massive imbalances and posture. And then the carryover to this, to stuff like herniated discs, which we actually went through here a week or two ago, uh, and different injuries like that that don't actually really need to happen is huge. So I think strength training is, is brilliant from a point of view, and I think everybody should really look at it for a longevity point of view, uh, even just two, three days a week. Uh, to get your joints moving through full range of motion and then to get strong in those planes of motion. You're less likely to get injured as you get older, like Gavin said, fall. Um, when you do, if you do fall, your bones are obviously going to be a little bit stronger because you've been applying resistance. So I think it's just a win-win and I think everybody should look at doing something uh, along those lines for a long-term uh, benefit. 100%. So in a nutshell, basically what Fiona's saying there, in everyday life, uh, if we sit on the laptop all day and we're slouched over, this may end up being our posture. You often see this, look around the town and see people walk, and see people walk around, they're walking around like gorillas around the place. So what Fiona's saying there is, yeah, that does happen. Um, by doing strength training, helps us rectify that. So if we're walking around like this, we're probably tightening all these muscles here. We can get to the gym, loosen ourselves out, strengthen up our upper back muscles, we yeah. can get ourselves up straight again, and our body will respond and adapt to that. So it is corrective and very important. And just to touch on there again, if we're going around like gorillas all day, long term we could end up with back pain, hip pain, so many different things. Probably will. Probably will. So really important uh, that we make sure that our posture is in good check. And strength training is a phenomenal way uh, to help us do this. Um, so I think happy enough. Happy enough. Yeah, that kind of closes up 
the strength and conditioning section for today. Okay. Uh, Phil, do you want to introduce what yeah. we're talking about? So next? that's the S&C section done. Uh, the next session we're going to discuss is our business section, and we are going to discuss network marketing. Um, exciting. exciting stuff. A lot of people don't realize or don't understand network marketing. Businesses like you know Avon, uh, Herbalife, these type of businesses, they're network marketing businesses, mm. so we're going to delve into that. Super. Oh, so Gav, are you asking me yeah, this? Yeah. Or yeah. I think you're asking me. Anyways, Belton, on. what is network marketing? So I've actually drawn a little, do you like my writing, Fionn? Yeah, love it, I've actually drawn a little whiteboard. Fionn usually gives out to me when I have a pen and paper, but I use this for this. You can see that on the screen. Yeah. Um, so network marketing, uh, kind of to just give a, a little brief idea as to what it is. So all it is really is, it's a chain of distribution. Sorry, Fionn, I'm not. blocking you out there. Do you want to peek your head in there? So all it is really is a, is a chain of distribution. Uh, traditionally, what will happen, uh, we, when we get a product, so a product has to be produced somewhere, and that product has to get to the end user or the consumer. Traditionally, what will happen is the product will go through several chains of distribution before it finally reaches the end user, the consumer. So traditionally, it'll go to a truck for delivery, it'll go to wholesale, to another truck, to dealer, so like Tesco or somewhere, and finally to the consumer. And with network marketing, and I'm just using Herbalife as an example, with network marketing, it's a little bit different. All it does is it'll go from the producer, it'll have to go to the truck, to a Herbalife member or a distributor of whatever product uh, or service that the person is representing, and then finally to the, to the end consumer. So basically, it cuts out the middleman, um, much more efficient way of dis distributing the, the product, I'm not saying it's better than the traditional distribution chain, both have their pros and cons, uh, but in the case of network marketing, you'll cut out a lot of delivery costs and advertisement costs, because it's the distributors, so in this case the Herbalife members, that actually promote the products, as opposed to paying a fortune uh, in terms of marketing and stuff like that. So from a business perspective, it is a really intelligent uh, form of doing business, just to cut out some of those costs. And what you'll find as well, because the distributors are representing the product and based on how well they promote the product will determine their income levels, a service will go with that as well. So not only does, if you buy a product from somebody in a network marketing company, you won't just get a good product, but you'll also get a service as well. Mm. And we'll talk about that a little bit as we go on. Uh, fair play, Gav. That was well, well explained. Um, um, just... Is that my one or your one? Yeah, it's going to be the other way around. Okay. <laughs> okay, it doesn't matter. So, Fjord, isn't this a pyramid scheme? Um, yes, so a lot of people get a bit of a misconception when they hear of network marketing companies. You know, there's loads, there's actually thousands of network marketing companies. And as Gavin explained, it's just a way of moving a product to an end user. Uh, it's just through, done through a network marketing model as opposed to a traditional model. And I think because in network marketing you can sponsor members who also have access to the to the products who can also sponsor members people think because there's recruiting involved i suppose people think it's a pyramid scheme uh, it's not a pyramid scheme pyramid schemes and i've delved into you know network marketing so i understand the industry i understand the model very very well and pyramid schemes are illegal okay in a pyramid scheme there's no product or service uh, exchange so like gavin mentioned there has to be a product that's going product or a service that's going from the, co the company to the end user in a pyramid scheme, you basically just have money exchanging hands. Yeah. So that would be something like, Gavin, you give me 500 euro, and when you find two people to give you 500 euro, I'll give you back a thousand. So there's no product or service, it's completely illegal. 
with a company like Herbalife, which we're affiliated with, and there's loads of other companies, the commissions or money is only paid on um, a product transaction to a customer. So that just, you know, it dispels that. It's just an education and people don't really understand. It's, it's pretty much, it's Fionn, just to sum up what Fionn said, it's the distribution of products, yeah. or, or sorry, the, it's the recruitment, a pyramid scheme is recruitment of people uh, without the exchange of a product or a service. Perfect. Um, yeah, I, I just what's what's interesting about that? Do you know, I, I don't really understand why people get put off by uh, the recruitment of people. Like every company has to recruit. Here in TaylorMade Health and Fitness, we have to recruit good coaches. Yeah, uh, we have to recruit recruit good people uh, yeah. to help us. Yeah, operate this business. Which is quite interesting. I think a lot of it is is like it's just the psychology behind it. I think people. You know, first of all, the conversation about money, which we'll get to in a minute. I think a lot of Irish people are uncomfortable talking about money, mm. first of all. And then when you say you're going to introduce somebody to a business where you sponsor them, basically, or recruit them, or whatever language you want to use, and you can actually earn an income off them, right? And I think that's where the like people feel uncomfortable about that. But if you think of any job or any business, you know, there's, there's, some, there's a business owner who brings in employees and he uses the employees to make a bigger income for himself. Like, so this whole, whole idea of a pyramid scheme, like every business structure and every government structure, the HSE, the Irish government, the banks, you know, any corporate environment, it's all shaped like a pyramid. There's a CEO at the top, then you have lower the level- The CEO makes the most money. Then you have managers, lower level managers, maybe mid-level managers, and then you have employees at the very, very bottom. Um, and all the money rolls up. So this whole negativity concept around these type of businesses just baffles me, but I really just think it's down to an, ed an undereducation, which hopefully we can get across today and educate people on. And Gav, why would a company use this model for doing business? As um, opposed to say, let's say, um, let's say there's a company like Coca-Cola who use traditional business means, they don't sell online, they all sell in retail shops, and so why would a company go the network marketing route as opposed to maybe a traditional retail route? Yeah, well I think a big thing, kind of like what we, what we covered there maybe a minute or two ago, um, was just it cuts out the middleman, uh, cuts out advertisement costs, cuts out delivery. And a big point of it as well is service. Um, yeah. If I go by, uh, we'll, we'll say, we'll take meal replacements as an example, because Herbalife uh, are obviously, you know, they're known for many products, but they're also known for meal replacements. And there's other meal replacements on the market. If I go into the chemist or pharmacy or whatever, and I buy a meal replacement there, that's great, I have a meal replacement. But with that, I have no service. Whereas with a network marketing company like Herbalife, if I go and I buy Herbalife's version of the meal replacement, the Formula One, not only do I get the Formula One, but I also get a service of the person that gave me the Formula One. It's in that person's best interest to give me a service. Yes. Um, so I think that's... That's the big difference there is, is the word service. Yeah, it's a good point. Like you don't have anybody following up with you, you know, making sure that you made the smoothie right, for example, or you know, giving you some extra information, you know, some extra meal plans and stuff. Um, which actually leads me on to the next question, Gav. Do you think, or is Herbalife slash network marketing good or bad for the fitness industry? Because you're, you know, even mm. before you were introduced to Herbalife, you were already involved with the fitness industry. Yeah. So, and there is a lot of, especially PTs that, are very negative towards you know Herbalife and the whole industry. Do you think it's good or bad for the um, first? I think the negativity is bad. Yeah, um, negativity, yeah is negativity is always bad. Is always bad. Um, but my, my opinion on Herbalife and the fitness industry um, 
Let's just talk about the fitness industry first for a second. I think most people get involved in the fitness industry because they want to, to help people. And if you don't want to help somebody and you're involved in the fitness industry, you should be there. You're probably not going to last too long. Um, that's what the fitness industry is based on uh, helping people. And for me, I've personally found the Herbalife products to work really well uh, for my ability to help a lot more people in the fitness industry. Um, let's just talk nutrition, basic nutrition for a second. Let's say I have a, a person that wants to lose weight, we'll call him Johnny. To help Johnny lose weight, I'm probably going to have to help increase his protein intake and decrease his calories a little bit so that he's in a calorie deficit with a high protein intake. If we achieve that, Johnny's probably going to lose weight. Game ball. Game ball, yes. Now, there's many strategies to do this, and they all work. I could get Johnny to count calories, and if he counts calories and makes sure he's in a calorie deficit, gets enough protein intake, he will lose weight. If I give Johnny a specific meal plan that I write out for him, I tell him exactly how much to weigh in of this, this, that, and other, and he follows that meal plan, he will lose weight. But the issue with some of these strategies, and don't get me wrong, they work. And if you're utilizing that with people and it's working, all fair juice to you. But the issue with some of those strategies is I think people find them very difficult to stick to. Especially members of the general population that are in a rush. I think they're dependent on like what what this and I we've actually spoke to her during the week. Like if you hire a nutritionist, and if this is your job, by the way, if you're a PT that sells nutrition plans, we're not like fair play to you. That's your business. Yeah, whatever. and some people love that specifics. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Some people but love that. But for, for everybody talks about is it sustainable? Is it sustainable? And like you know, counting calories relentlessly for your entire life is not sustainable for the general population. To be honest with you, even for physique athletes who do this for a living or look, this is their gig, you know, after a 16-week diet or a 20-week diet, they're done with counting calories for a while. Yeah. You know, so it, you, I've even done it myself. Like, it's not easy thing to do. Day and do you do it every day. single day? Absolutely not. My head would be wrecked. Wrecked. Yeah. You know, you could do it for a short period of time to get a grasp of where you're at, but I don't think long-term, I think education is important, yes, but I don't think counting calories day in, day out is the solution for you know a busy man, a busy dad, uh, people who are working 50, 60 hours a week, maybe bringing up a family. We're talking general population people here. I think what they need is you know a simple structure, simple things to do every day that if you just did them and are easy to do, um, and it gets you into a deficit over the long term, that's what yeah. works. Yeah, or surplus, depending on what your goals are. Yeah, and just to kind of add there to what Fionn said, um, another thing as well. When we're writing out specific plans uh, for different individuals, uh, no doubt it's going to work. It'll work for them if they, if they abide by it. Uh, but the second thing about that as well is there's only so many people that you can look after them. Uh, with the Herbalife products, what we find is we can create very simple nutritional strategies that can help people get into deficit or surplus just by adding in some Herbalife products to fill in some of the gaps. Um, breakfast is a prime example. Breakfast people are often in a rush, rush out the door, either don't eat a breakfast or have a really sugary-based breakfast. So we just introduced a product there that's calorie efficient, it's not too high in calories and high in protein. And we can manipulate that as much as we want to bump up the calories a little bit or decrease in them, uh, depending on the individual and how they respond to it, whether they feel hungry or The beauty or of this is actually, which is going to lead on to the next question is, basically what we can do, like all Herbalife have nutritionists who develop, you know, programs and meal plans and all that are done for people if there's somebody you know consuming between 15 and 1600 calories somebody between 16 and 1800 calories we basically take that information and we share it so we don't have to recreate it yeah. right that's the first point the second point then is i can teach mary right who's tristan overweight 
Um, not really into fitness and, and nutrition or you know counting calories or anything. I can teach her to have a smoothie in the morning, which has about 30 grams of protein, two or three hundred calories, um, a snack mid morning, a healthy lunch, a snack, and a dinner. Right? Simple to do. Right? Because you don't have to prep too much. Yeah. Or add in two smoothies there. And what happens is then she gets results. A because she's in a deficit. B because she's consuming enough protein, and C because it's easy to bloody do. Right? And what happens then is. I can then help that girl get a discount on the product so she can stay on them longer, which is the sustainability point mm. of view. But also, like what Gavin said, as a nutritionist or a PT, generally like 30 to 40 clients a week, you're fairly capped out. Yeah. What I can do then is I can teach Mary, who who is probably, you know, she probably has three or four or five family members who are looking at her going, Jesus, what like what are you doing to after losing two or three stone, your results are unreal. I can teach Mary to teach these three or four people the exact same strategy that she used and everybody can earn an extra income from it and more people can be helped. You know, so I'm capped maybe at 30 clients, but if I have 30 people who get a good result and learn some basic, simple mm. things, and they all go out and help five people each, now we're going to 150 people being helped. And I could never look after that amount yeah. of people myself. 100%. Basically, you can have a much bigger impact on far more people uh, by utilizing a strategy like, and we're not seeing it's better, we're just seeing it's a strategy where you can help an awful lot more people. I would say it's better. Um, using her like nutrition. You're very biased stuff, you <laughs> I've been on both sides. I've been on both but, sides of the fence. But just on that, what's what's actually interesting, I'm going a little bit off topic here again, is there there is a, a study being done in UCD at the moment. Oh yes. Um, it's it's not actually the the results haven't been published yet. Um, it's done by a doctor, Doctor Carl Rue, PhD, and all of that. And he's actually comparing. If I have this right, and you know a little bit more about it than I do, but he's basically comparing a calorie deficit uh, between using the Herbalife Formula One smoothie. Um, and a calorie deficit without using meal replacements. So the Herbalife Formula 1 smoothie is a meal replacement, and the other calorie deficit then doesn't have uh, the meal replacement. And the findings seem to be quite positive in terms of the Herbalife meal replacement. Uh, seems to be coming out that that is the better strategy. I think the reason for that uh, is probably because it's a very efficient way of getting a high amount of protein into somebody's diet uh, without introducing too many calories. Yeah. Uh, bang on, Gav. Uh, we're, I'm looking forward to seeing the results. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing the results in that. Um, definitely exciting. Yep. Um, so, oh yeah. So, shouldn't you be qualified to give nutritional advice, Phil? This is probably the biggest uh, thing that we would hear from PTs and nutritionists. Mm. Like I just explained about Mary get, getting great results using simple strategies, and then she goes out and helps four or five friends, but yet she has no nutritional qualification. So a lot of people have an issue with that, um, and I can understand why. If you're somebody who, your business and your income is dependent on your ability to sell your nutritional programs or to look after clients, and then all of a sudden you have people in society who are you know, helping people with their health and they have no qualification. So I can see where the gripe is, but no, I don't think you need a nutritional qualification so to share your results. So you're people may feel threatened by that? Oh, 100%. It all, a lot of, I think a lot of negativity and, and that, you know, genre, I think, comes down to money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, 100%. We have a story, actually, uh, uh, a man that, that, that we know, he's also a Herbalife promoter, and he was telling us, he had a Herbalife customer, his, a guy he was helping with his nutrition, and he was actually going to, this guy's a gym owner as well, and the, the guy that was going to him for Herbalife nutrition actually trained in a different gym. And he's trained in that gym for a long period of time and he never got any results. He, like he was trying to lose weight, but he never could 
whatever strategies, I'm sure the, the other gym owner was fine and all like that, but whatever nutrition strategies that he was implementing, uh, the man either couldn't stick to it, but he, whatever happened, he wasn't getting results. So he went to this other gym owner, uh, who's also, he, he promotes Herbalife products, and he put him on one of his plans, introduced some Herbalife products, and he actually lost quite a bit of weight. And it's, it's, yeah, would you believe? But it's, it's funny because he went back to the gym that he was training in and he had a Herbalife product in his bag or something and the gym owner seen it and he completely flipped out on him. Yeah, it's mad. Like, that's, that's, but like, he should have been saying, well done, he got a result. Yeah. Do you know? And I'm sure it was a combination of the nutrition and the guy's training, but he should have been just telling him, you know, yeah. well done. Yeah, so um, yeah, back to the back to the point Sorry, on topic. No your grandma. Back to the <laughs> point on should should everybody be qualified to give nutritional advice? Uh, yeah, if that's your business, if you're a nutritionist, but what people do in network marketing is not actually nutritional advice. Basically what people do is they get a result using products and a simple nutritional strategy, and that result then inspires their friends and family to get results because that's just how people are. Um, everything is built on results. And all they do then is they share what they've been doing with their friends and their family. They're not pretending to be nutritionists. I'm sure there's people that do it right and wrong as well. But basically, it's just inspiration by, by getting results, sharing them results with people. All the nutrition plans are done are done by nutritionists that the company hire. We just basically share them and give them to the customer. Uh, like That would be like saying, you know, if you went to uh, a movie right, with your missus on a Friday night and you saw it and you thought it was a great movie, and next thing you're promoting that movie on Instagram because you thought it was a great movie. Like, should you be qualified as a videographer to be able to do that? Absolutely not. So if you take a product that you get a result with and you, you feel that other people can benefit from and you share it with them, why should you need to have a nutritional qualification to do that? It's absolutely madness. But it's like going down to Tesco and buying your vegetables. 100%. So it's, it's just a sharing business. healthy products. It's, yeah. It's all it is, really. Yeah, 100%. Um, so yeah, I think we kind of touched on that around some PTs and SNC courses around Herbalife, why so, and as you mentioned, threatened. Um, Gav, why do you promote the Herbalife products? Um, well, quite simple really. Um, I've been taking the products for maybe about, I'd say six months uh, before I ever actually promoted them and I just love the products. Um, so it actually, it, it just made sense to promote the products, help other people get a result. Uh, and we'll touch on there in a little bit as well, the income side of things as well. Um, yeah. So just from from the fitness industry alone, um, you know, Herbalife is it's it's a really good fit uh, with the fitness industry uh, for the simple reason, as we touched on earlier. If I'm giving specific nutrition plans for people, takes and I'm running a gym, serious time. takes serious amount of time. There's only so many people I can help with that. But with Herbalife Nutrition, I can help a lot more people with that. But not only that, this is interesting now. A lot of our gym members here were actually Herbalife customers of ours before they were gym members. So Herbalife Nutrition has actually helped us grow our membership base just by introducing people to the products and then you're like, oh, do you know what? I might actually try and train at your gym as well because we built a relationship with them Very through true. our service. So yeah, you can earn money from, from the retail end of things and there's other streams of income with network marketing as well. We probably won't get into that too much today. No. Or maybe we will, I don't know. Um, so yeah, there is that end. But also, as well as that, you're helping so many different people, you're helping a lot more people, and you're also growing your membership base. So, I love the Herbalife products. Um, I love the convenience of the products for myself personally. They're handy, they're easy to, to use. And I love making a few bob as well. 
Hollis Bay is paid. When we're in business, we want to make money. So all these things just make perfect sense to me of why I promote the products. Why do you promote the products, Gil? Um, yeah, so why I'm such an advocate of Herbalife, network marketing, and the products. Um, probably one, I got on the products a little bit as a, as a little bit of a skeptic, but to be honest with you, like I've looked into the, the, all the ingredients, the research, say what you like, the products are top class. And when you take the products, you will know how you feel when you take the products, and you will want other people to feel the same. That's There's actually 36 PhDs behind the development yeah. of the products. So that's the first point. The second point then is, uh, when I was introduced to network marketing as a business model and I studied it and I understood it, I just think the business model is absolutely, it's so intelligent, it's not even funny. Like, you can, you can basically buy a member pack for 55 euro, right? And you can earn whatever you like with it. And the only difference between success and failure is completely down to you because everybody has the same products and the same marketing plan as opposed to a traditional, a traditional business, which I really don't think everybody could operate a traditional business. That's just being honest with you. But I do think everybody could build a network marketing business because there's no, there's no risk involved, there's no financial point. It's probably something I don't talk about a lot, but when I was introduced to Herbalife and network marketing and the marketing plan, I went to an event, right? And you probably see people going to these events and you think it, you know, it could be a, you know, they change or whatever. But really I went to an event and I was exposed to people that you know, were earning a lot of money, people that were very well personally developed, and I didn't have those type of people in my circle before I joined Herbalife. I never even knew that you, know, you could actually learn and study and improve yourself until I went to this first event. I was introduced to my very first personal development book, Rich Dad Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki, and I remember reading that book within a week of coming home from my first event, and I really don't think my life has ever been the same. I definitely would not have this business if I was not introduced to network marketing from a business point of view, but also the personal development side. Uh, so I think it's just, for me, it's a win-win. I love sharing the products with people and seeing how they feel, but I also love sharing the business opportunity with people and mentoring, I suppose, and helping people to develop themselves so that they can actually improve their own lifestyle. That's, that's it in a nutshell. Pretty much. Pretty yeah, much. Well done. Yeah, class. Um, yeah, so would you recommend people should be open-minded and take a look at Herbalife? Or 100%. Like, you know, if... I, I really don't think network marketing is understood, first of all. I think, you know... Definitely not understood. People have an opinion, right? Yeah. I would say, put your opinion in a little box and put it under the stairs and go and take a look because, number one, you'll feel better taking the products. It's a convenient way to improve your health. That's number one. And number two, the network marketing business model. Everybody that needs to earn more income. Like, that's just reality. Like, I was even talking to you yesterday and 80% of the world population have less than 400 euros in their bank for an emergency. That's crazy, I was blown, blown away by that. Like figure. that is ridiculous. So this one I'm quite passionate about it because so many people need not only a health education, which we can give them through our network if we build it big enough, but they also need a financial education and they need an opportunity you know, to build uh, wealth and build finances for themselves and their family that anybody can do. So, yeah, I think everybody should at least take a look. Mm. If it's not for you right now, Grant, but eventually what will happen is a time will come in your life where something will happen and you may need to look at something like this. So, yeah, I would say take a look. What do you think, Gab? Um, 100%, 100% agree with that. There's nothing like that to that. Super. Um, yeah, just on that, um, let's talk money. Woo! What types of money can be earned from network marketing? So, or Herbalife? 
um, like any amounts. So basically, in Herbalife, there's a couple of different income streams. We're not going to delve into it, but one is a retail income. So like if I was a PT, a physio, a nutritionist, I have a customer and I earn a retail profit from every customer that I have. So if I have 20, 30 customers, I'm obviously going to make um, you know, a retail profit off those. With Herbalife, you can get up to a 50% retail profit, which is quite ridiculous because I know gyms and, and, and shops selling products and the markup is nowhere near 50%. Nowhere near 50%. No. So that's the first stream. The second stream then is um, as you start to introduce members who also have their own, you know, their own discount on the products, they have their own account, the company then pay you a commission check from all of those sales or all of those orders, and you can build this as big as you like. So the income is completely uncapped. And you can, you know, there's people making in Ireland five grand a month, 10 grand a month, 15 grand a month, overseas in the UK, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 grand a month. Uh, it doesn't happen overnight. It can take work, but I do know that in any corporate job, you can never make that kind of money. And even if you were a business owner, you're probably not gonna make that kind of money unless your business is very big, plus uh, you're quite tied down with a lot of debt, a lot of expenses, a lot of overheads, a lot of employees. With network marketing, because everybody is a self-employed business owner, you basically earn a residual income off of that entire organization. So you don't have the financial risk uh, that you would have if you were to build a big mm. business. So first of all, you need to you know you need to get on the products. You need to develop your skills. But after that, the income is completely unlimited, and it's something that you can build part time. And I just think it's unreal. Yeah. So you, you basically you can earn a retail income, but also there's an even bigger potential there uh, to to earn an income of almost like consulting other people yeah. how to operate their own businesses, and then those people go and consult other people, and then you actually earn that actually, a certain amount of income. Yeah. Of, of all these individuals that are now in, within your business. Mm, that leads us on nicely. Um, you hear a lot of people, Gavin, say, you know, oh, I heard somebody that was in that, but they didn't, you know, they quit or it didn't work for them. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Why do so few make it to the top? I've heard a stat that less than 5% of people who, who join a network marketing business actually make it to the top of their company. I think this is just across the board with literally everything. I like, let's be honest, most businesses fail. I can't remember the exact stat in that. 95% it's it's, it's near to 100% of businesses fail. Um, you know, sports, most people don't, you know, at a young age, you might have dreams of being, you know, pro football or whatever it is, pro soccer player, pro rugby player. Very few people make it. Uh, even, let's even talk about, you know, obviously we're lucky with our type of model here and the fact that we're a community-based gym. But look at most people that join a gym in January. How, how many of those people actually stick with it? They're gone by every Very few. So I think like that's just across the board. Most people fail. Why do they fail? I, mean, that's, I think that's another completely other podcast. Uh, but we could talk about things like positive attitude, discipline, setting goals. All these things are, are really important to our success. You know, and going under the subheading of discipline is actually learning your trade. Uh, myself and Fionn spend a lot of time actually you know, studying how to run a business, how to run a fitness business. We meet up with other fitness owners, all these things. We, we have a guy uh, that we actually go with that actually consults us on our, on our business as well. Shout out to Shane from Sarah. Shane and Joe, cheers. <laughs> but yeah, so all these things, you know, have a huge impact on our business. And it's, it's, it's not that it's that hard to do. It's, it's, it's not that hard to do at all or hard to think of. It just requires a little bit of graft, a little bit of hard work and a little bit of discipline and having a positive attitude and being willing to set goals and go for them. But just to add to that, I actually think network marketing and a business like Herbalife 
is actually like you cannot fail. No, like you cannot. You, you cannot fail because number one, there's no overheads. Well, you could lose fifty five euro. Well, you don't like even if you stop everything, your account is still there. Yeah. So you actually it's fail proof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like so, it's whereas if you were to go and invest fifty grand in or a hundred grand opening up a gym, you could lose that fifty or hundred grand. But like. <laughs> It's fail-proof, and the beauty of it is you can actually learn your trade, like Gavin said, if you apply yourself, uh, if you're willing to learn, if you're willing to put in the time, and I think just to top off that, I, across the board, I think most people are not willing to do the simple things every day that they need to do to succeed, and that's why most people don't make it. And that's 100%, yeah, that's um, everything. So just to wrap up, Gav, what's your honest opinion of, you know, just your honest opinion on the whole network marketing, horrible life, where you stand with things. Right. To sum that up, um, I'm just going to say, I love the herbal life products, I love helping people, and I love making money. So, that's my opinion on it. What about yourself, Phil? Couldn't agree more. Um, yeah, I, I actually have, I have a passion for, I probably have more of a passion for helping people uh, improve their financial and personal development situation, because I think if they do that, the health side of things comes along with that. Uh, so I have a huge passion for helping people become better and really that's what network marketing is because to build a network of uh, or, or an organization of people who are successful you have to improve people yeah. um, so I'm really passionate about that and I think then making money comes I love making money but making money then comes as a result of developing people and the more people you develop and the more people you help the bigger your income grows 100%. Um, so all for us absolutely love it love the products love the business and something I'm very, very, very passionate about, if you haven't got that already. Super. Right, guys, we'll wrap it up. Um, we're going to post this up on the usual platforms, Spotify, uh, iTunes. Paul has it on a few other podcast platforms. He's um, YouTube as well. Um, so that's wrap, guys. Thanks very much. Right, Gav. Boom.